And hello, everybody, and we are back. We're back on the air after a, uh, after taking a week hiatus. We are now back, and a lot of USC news are, have uh, ended up happening in between that time. This is Conquest Chronicles. This is Matt here, along with Dina, who also returns to us. Um, again, we got quite a few things to get to. A, a whole bunch of things have happened in a span of a week. Um, you know, we had Chris Steele and Brew McCoy are officially back when we recorded. We, I think, I think that was actually talk of the, of, of Chris Steele coming. Uh, now he's officially there along with Brew McCoy. Um, also heard the news of Matt Fink. We heard that news. Also, some, uh, point spread, the point spreads are out. The game times are out. Uh, we got quite a few to get to, so let's go ahead and let's jump right to it. Dina, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, just trying to catch up with all the USC news. I didn't have a laptop for two weeks, so that was, that's why I haven't been really active on Conquest Chronicles. Um, and then I just got a new job, and my cousin from Tennessee's been in town, so it's just been a wild ride. Also, Dina's been going fishing, too. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> She's been fishing. I haven't caught anything. It, patience, Dina. Patience. <laughs> I know. I was in, when I went to Texas, I caught a bass, like, kind of quick. And now in Southern California, I've been scunched twice. So, What time have you been going? The first time I went at, like, 10 a.m. That's where you messed up. You got to go. Get, you got to get the best spot early in the morning. Like, Well, what you, had happened was... <laughs> I was gonna get up early and go at like seven, six, six or seven. I got up and I thought my, cause, <laughs> so my manager, um, she goes fishing a lot, so she knows like how to string up, string the, string the reel and set up the pole and all that. So I had taken my brand new fishing pole, cause I don't know how to do any of that, to her, and she had reeled in the line on the reel. And then she was like, oh, now, now you just got to, when you want to go, just pull a string through those those holes on the pole, and you'll be good. So I'm like, okay, cool. <clears throat> so the day comes where I'm going to go fishing. So I set my alarm for like, I think I set it for like 6.30 or something. And or actually, I think it was for 7. I set it for 7, wake up at 7, string my the rest of the line through the little holes on the pole, and... It took me two hours to figure out how to tie a knot to hook the hook on the line. I was trying to tie a uni knot. And then I had to, I was like, I wanted to know, like, watch videos on how to hook the bait on the, on the hook for a Texas rig. So that was like another 30 minutes. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, finally got the hook on, got the bait hooked on, like, let's go. It's like, by now it's like, like two, that literally took like two hours. So by now it's like nine thirty. So it took and then hours and then <laughs> and then I realized because I'm trying to reel in the slack of when I was putting the line through the little holes in the pole, and I realized the line wasn't reeling. And I was like, "What the hell? Like, why isn't it reeling?" So then I look on YouTube, like, "Why won't line reel?" 
line won't reel, like all the different ways I could search it because no one was showing me like what was wrong on YouTube. Of course, they were all just showing how to put the line on the reel. Right. And I finally found a video where it was like, oh, yeah, if you don't have a line going under that bar, I don't know what it's called, that bar you flip because I have a spin caster. That bar you flip when you're going to cast. If you don't have it under that line before you hook it through those holes, then it's not going to reel. So I had to undo all the things I had done in those two hours, take off the hook, untie the knot, take off the bait, and put the line back through the holes, under the little bar thing, back through the holes, then tie another knot, which it, it was I was faster at this time because I had just done it. And then I went fishing, so that by that time it was like 10, 10.30. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so all that time. Well, it was the, the, the thing that took the longest was figuring out how to tie the knot. Hmm. But well, anyway. USC had more success than you tying a knot right now. <laughs> um, as, as mentioned, as we mentioned, um, before, Chris Steele is at USC. Uh, Brew McCoy, they're all officially at USC now. So now the next step we get to is will they immediately be eligible to play? Um, we know Chris Steele is going to put in a waiver for the, due to the circumstance. We know that they're going to put in a. We know they're going to put in a waiver. They're going to. Um, excuse me. They're going to put in a waiver and stuff like that. Just to check what's going on, just to see if um how can I put this? Just to see if he'll play, be able to play right away. It's unknown if um right now it's really unknown if Brew McCoy will do the same thing or if he'll just sit out his freshman season. Um but Chris Steele they'll put in it no he'll put in a, a waiver. We do know for a fact that there is a possibility that the NCAA can go, you know what, due to the circumstance, yes, you can play right away. That could be a possibility. Um, I don't know. I, I have to ask you what what's your uh, thoughts on the whole thing that transpired? Um, yeah, I don't – I mean, I think it would take a miracle for Bruno McCoy to be eligible – um, as for Chris Steele, that's a different story just because of why he transferred from Florida. I think he has a really good case to to get eligibility with the whole roommate thing um, back at Florida. Um, I don't know. The NCAA is weird, though. I just saw today that former Texas quarterback Cameron Rising, who transferred to Utah, was denied immediate eligibility. So it's, I guess it's. It's probably all about how good your lawyer is and what kind of case you present to the NCAA. Um, but as for Chris Steele, I think he has a 100% better chance than Brew McCoy for eligibility this season. Right. And for people who's wondering why there won't be a possibility that Brew McCoy won't be um, immediately eligible, I, I think it will be due to the fact because he left USC initially. Remember, he transferred from USC – after he enrolled early, he enrolled early, 
And then he transferred after two weeks, I believe, right? He transferred up after two weeks. Then he ended up at Texas. Then after spring football, he transferred, he entered the transfer portal again and went back to USC. So yeah, while there's a chance that they can go, all right, you know, yeah, you could be, you know, you, you, you were originally supposed to be at USC. There could be the chance of that. There isn't a chance that um that he will immediately be eligible to play right away. I don't think the NCAA will. Um, I know people are thinking, oh well, the NCAA they're just gonna they're just gonna you know quote unquote screw him over. You know they're they're gonna screw him over and everything like that. I don't think that will be the case. Because you got to look at the circumstance here. This is the one where, and a lot of people know, a lot of people know how I feel about the NCAA. But this is one of the rare cases where I'm kind of on, I, I, I won't argue the NCAA's decision here. I will not go, oh, why won't they? No, this is probably will be the one time I will be on the side of the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The whole Bruce thing's just so wild. It's weird. It's it's really weird. Um, but with um, but how can I put it? But with with uh, Steel, like we mentioned, that's actually a good chance that that could be that he could be ruled um eligible immediately. Just because of the circumstance of, of what happened. For those who don't know what that circumstance is, um, how can I put it? For those who don't know what that circumstance is, the, uh, one of his, his roommates at Florida, I believe, was accused of sexual assault. And he wanted to change rooms. He wanted to change roommates. And the coaches wouldn't do it. And so that's why he opted to transfer, which was a, a legit reason. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be caught up in stuff like that, and especially if you don't feel comfortable. But if he plays right away, he will definitely help the depth that defensive back. He'll definitely help. He'll definitely compete right away. He will definitely compete to play right away. Right. I'm sure, you know, Steele and McCoy, if they were to be eligible, they'd be competing right away for for starting positions. I rotation. I agree. I agree. They definitely, definitely, definitely won't be. Uh, definitely, he'll because right now, if you look at it, it's Greg Johnson. If you wanna, if you wanna talk, think about it this way: it's Greg Johnson and Elijah Griffin. Right. Um, but if if Steele comes in, if he's if he's eligible to play right away, then hey, he could take one of those spots too. He can definitely take one of those spots. So that's yeah, always USC's, USC's depth this year is a lot. It's like a total three hundred and sixty from the depth conversation of last year. Right, and, and people, for those who don't know, we're not talking about. 
oh, he's just there to provide depth. He's not going to play. He's just there for an extra body. No, we're talking about overall, the overall um, position of how deep they are. They're going to be, he helps out because that gives you another body to play. If you or if Clancy Pendergast wants to rotate, then there's that. But with um with Ronnie Bradford there, I don't think he really. I don't think when USC. I mean, this is up to the defensive coordinator, but I don't think when he was at USC initially, I don't think Pete Carroll ever really rotated like that at defensive back. I don't think they really ever did like that. But Clancy Pendergast could be could do it differently. So, that's, uh, that's something. Yeah. We we also, speaking of new, new Trojans, we have a couple more commits in the class of 2020. Um, offensive tackle Joey Wright committed to USC. He's a three-star, um, from Reno, Nevada. He committed um, on June 16th, two days ago. Um, And then we also have another uh, O-line commit, Kyle Juergens for 2020, three-star out of – where was he from? Three-star – Out of – Out of San Juan Capistrano, St. Margaret's – in San Juan Capistrano, so, um, and he committed fast. I think he got his offer the day before or two days before. Um, yeah, he, he committed like a couple days later. Yeah, he got his commit. He got it. He got his offer, and um, he got he, he got his offer and everything. He he got his offer back in um on Wednesday at the USC Elite Camp, and quite a few guys got offers at the Elite Camp. Um, at, at USC's elite camp last week, that's when he got his offer. Two days later, he committed to um, committed to USC. Just what? Just two days later, um, and and with Jurgens, I mean, it's a he's a unique player because he's a two way he's a two way lineman. He plays on a def- he plays defensive end and he plays offensive guard. Um, the thing is though, from what they were saying, he just, he has to bulk up a little bit if he's going to play on either end. So he's going to have to bulk up to play defensive end or to play, um, to play defensive end or to play offensive, to play on the offensive line. Otherwise they'll probably move him to the predator position or whatever it'll be called now that they're going to probably move him to that end to the predator position or the, um, outside linebacker, edge rusher, but he's a unique prospect, and and Joey Wright, Joey Wright out of Reno, Nevada, he's very intriguing, though he is a three-star, he's a three-star, which really that don't matter, he's 6'6", 297, he has good footwork, great athleticism, but he's still raw in his technique, which is something that can be coached that can be coached up as he gets to college. And I mean, if you really think about it, Dina, it's a, it, honestly, it's amazing. Um, that this kid, how big this kid is. He plays basketball too. He plays basketball as well. 
but it's a um not a bad get for for USC. Yeah, for sure. And then we have another commit in 2021, Veltrade Jefferson. Um, <clears throat> committed for the class of 21 three-star receiver out of Edison High School. Or sorry, not Edison High School. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah, Edison High School. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. So three-star receiver. So Edison's in Fresno. Dude is 6'4", 195, so he's a tall. He'll, he'll be a tall receiver. Yeah, and the thing about it, too, is this. USC, is they're getting started on their 2020-2021 classes. At the elite camps, here's the thing. When people go to these elite camps, they can get offered. You can't. You can get offered there, you know. Um, and that's when you start hearing about these kids. You start seeing about these kids, and this is usually the time when you start finding out about them. This is usually around the time you start finding out about these kids. Although you're not looking down the line like that, you know, you're not really looking down the line like that. But 2020, um, they're they're trying to build up that class. I mean, they got they're getting offensive linemen. Uh, they already have Bryce Young. Uh, they already have Josh Jackson out of Narbonne. So they're trying to stock up, and they they got some heavy hitters in that class. They got some heavy hitters in that class. We do. So they're working. They're, no, um, I mean, they're, they're, honestly, the recruiting is starting to really come around. Although it won't really matter until signing day. Right. And the thing about it, too, is it's also going to be dependent on what USC does. Because everything is great right now. Granted, everything is amazing right now. It looks like the momentum has turned around at USC. But that could change in a heartbeat, depending on what the se- what type of season USC has. Yeah, not even after signing day. After like, maybe, who knows? After this Brew McCoy and all this fiasco, you'll never know until the first game of the season who's going to be on the team. You will never know. You won't know until. That's the one thing people don't know. It's like you never know, especially after the Brew McCoy situation. Especially after that. But. But um, I, I honestly, we could, we like I said, we could end up seeing more. It's gonna really depend on, it's really gonna depend moving forward, recruiting wise. But so far, so good, not that bad. Yeah, it's been a solid. It's been a solid couple, couple weeks for USC recruiting. Yes, it has. It, it definitely, definitely has. Now. One thing, and we'll, we'll uh, move forward, we'll move away from recruiting. We are, how many days are we from kickoff? We're, we're in the 70s now. We're like, what, 72, 71? Uh, let me see. I want to say, I know Reign of Troy has been doing the countdowns. I know Reign of Troy. 74 days. We're 74? Mm-hmm. Why did I thought we were like 71 or 72? According to Google, we're 74. 
for from USC kickoff? August thirty first. Yes. Yep. Wow. Anyway, well, was, were, was Rain of Troy doing the college football season? Season or was she doing USC? It, they're doing USC kickoff, but I don't know why I thought it was sooner. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I thought it was sooner. Maybe it was just me. But anyway, moving moving forward, uh, we're seventy. What are we again? Seventy four. We're seventy four days away from kickoff. Uh, game times re- released about two weeks ago. Maybe a little bit less. USC will play at at seven thirty. Pac twelve after. Yeah, 7.30, Pac-12 after dark, Fresno State, defending Mountain West champions. Um, will be an interesting game. Right now, the spreads have come out for week one, and the early spreads has USC. They have USC as an 11-point favorite over Fresno State. Dang. That is the initial... Now, granted, everyone's like, well, how do you, why is it 11 points? You know, some people are thinking that's a little bit too high. Some people are thinking that's a little too, too less. The thing about it, though, is this, and this is what everybody has to realize. The reason why it is, it is where it's at, you factor in last year, and then you factor in returners and all that stuff. I anticipate, Dina, that spread is going to go up as we get closer to kickoff. It'll initially be 11 before week one, but I think that spread may end up being 15 or something. I can see it. <clears throat> I I think that because Fresno State, is, they're bringing in a new quarterback. They're, bringing, they're replacing a lot. USC's bringing in talent. They're bringing in new coaches. They're bringing in a new offense. So I think that first game, I think I, I think that spread could go up a little bit more. It won't go up by a lot, but I think it'll go up by a little. Yeah, especially I mean, who knows? I could see the the spread going up if Bruce McCoy was suddenly eligible. I don't think it has much to do with Bruce McCoy in in per se, if he's eligible or not. I just think. USC going five and seven, and Fresno State winning the Mountain West and winning ten games. I think that's where it's at. In all honesty, yeah, yeah. I think I think eleven right now is a good solid number. I don't think it's too low or too high. I think it's I think it's solid. But one one thing you got to understand with USC, the first game of the season is always going to be messy. Yes, it is. It, it usually is. It usually always is, and that's something that we always that we always know because you're always trying to um, they're always trying to like fix up something or trying to tweak something, and you're trying to get rotations and all that good stuff down. You're trying to get all of it down, you know, and that's why you know USC. Th- there could be a little bit of a struggle there. USC did that with Central Michigan. USC did that with Central Michigan when they played. And USC with, the, with, the, with UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. 
So, I mean, things like that, things like that happen. Yeah, things like that, things like that tend to happen, but that's, that's expected, honestly. I mean, that's, that tends to be expected. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know this is the talk of the, the preseason and it'll be the talk of, of the game on, you know, the pregame, what Graham Harrell's going to do with JT Daniels and, and those receivers. I think I, I think and when and we'll and granted everyone we're both Dina and I will be at the game, but we'll sit there and we'll tell you we'll probably go on Periscope or something. We'll tell you how the game's gonna be. What we what, we're gonna tell you our thoughts before uh, the week of the game. Um, it's too early to really dissect what's gonna happen, especially seeing that we haven't even hit summer and fall camp yet. But. We'll dissect what's going to happen and how where it's going to go from there and stuff like that. But I think the spread right now it's fair, but I anticipate that spread going up. That's yeah, what I, I can see it. I see it going up. Um, USC basketball wise, uh, USC released their preseason or their preseason their non conference schedule. Little bit challenging. They're they're gonna play about maybe five, potentially six to seven tournament teams. Um there's gonna be an interesting team. They they play LSU at Staples Center. No, they don't play them in football, although that's what people are waiting for. They gonna they play them in um they they play them they play them at how can I say? They they play them at Staples Center. Should be a good it should be an int- intriguing matchup. It'll be an intriguing matchup for the um it'll be an intriguing matchup for the the Trojans, that's for sure. But it, um we're just interested to see I'm just interested to see how USC does this season. I truly make or bless you. Thank you. I truly feel this is a make or break season for Andy Enfield with the recruits you have coming in, uh with the talent you have coming in. I feel like there's no more excuses for Enfield. Um, if he, I mean, if Enfield gets it, then I think though he'll have another year. If not, it's going to be interesting to see what USC does going from here, you know? Yeah, it could go like baseball, dude. Um, this could be his, his make or break year, just like last year with Daniel Hubs's. And speaking of Hubs, because we got to bring this up now. Speaking of hubs, we know, as we said, Dan Hubs was let go. I think we said that the last podcast. USC has found their new baseball coach. Yes, they have Jason Gill out of Loyola. Out of Loyola Marymount, not to be confused with Loyola Chicago. (laughs) He was there for 11 years, um, and it says he... Uh, he recently had them, the Lions, uh, Loyola's baseball team in the NCAA tournament for the first time in 19 years. Yeah, um, and my thing was, my thing about it is, this is now, USC has to, um, 
USC has to get this right. Baseball has really fallen off after baseball was uh, baseball. USC is a is a college baseball blue blood. Right. They've really fallen off, and I think we mentioned it on um, mentioned it in an article on Concourse Chronicles. USC has not been in the college uh, to the College World Series in almost twenty years. They, it, it there's is just no wild. excuse. There's no excuse. Southern California baseball recruiting, not not USC, but like in general, like the state of Southern California region, is a hotbed. It is. It really is, and especially with baseball, where you got to recruit local. Where you you really you recruit locally. Right. Um, you 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 really recruit. You really recruit locally and everything. So that's why you kind of like you don't you don't go out and get guys from like Texas or the South or something because those those guys tend to stay home. I mean, yeah, California has some good teams. Cal State Fullerton's always in the running. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but UCLA is always a good baseball team most of the time. Sadly. <laughs> But, yeah, USC has no reason to not be a contender every year. Yeah, they and, and they have to recruit. They really need to touch on their, not just recruiting, but they need to fix a lot of things. There's a lot of things they need to get down, in all honesty. And this is their chance to do it. Um, Gil, for those who want to know, Gil uh, overall record um, as a coach, he is three. He's three hundred and twenty-two. He's three twenty-two and two sixty, uh, two eighty-six and one. So he has a five thirty. Um, he has a five thirty record at Loyola Marymount in his eleven years at Loyola Marymount. This year, LMU was uh, thirty-four and twenty-five, and um, and won the West Coast Conference Championship. Tournament championship, excuse me. Um, they also they also went to the NCAA tournament this uh, th- this year this season. Defeated, they beat UCLA as a number one overall seed. They beat Baylor. Um, almost made it to the super regionals. So you can tell that's an accomplishment there. He's been there, done that. Um, he's gonna have to look. He's gonna have to look to uh to get it going and actually usc recruiting wise did have talent they had back-to-back top 25 recruiting classes so excuse me that's a mess up on our part right there usc had back-to-back um top 25 recruiting classes, so they are recruiting there well, we didn't say they were there. recruiting it's just they're not using those recruits to the best of their ability right um again gill gill went to the college World to the college base or to the college World Series as a player in 1994 with Cal State Fullerton. He was a part of the national championship team in 1995. He was an undergraduate assistant coach at Fullerton. Um, he 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 was an assistant at Fullerton, and where he where the Titans went um, to back to to went to back to back college World Series uh made back to back college World Series appearances. In 06 and 07. Um, and then he was at Oregon with George Horton, with George Horton, uh, went to LMU as an, as a head coach 
been there for 11 years and yeah, he, he, he has the pedigree. Look, he turned LMU around. He got them to the college baseball world series with a winning record. He has a winning record at LMU. So that tells you a lot. Yeah. I mean, USC can only go up. They can only go up. That is true that they can only go up. That's all they can do, but we're going to, we're going to see where it goes from here. I mean, in all honesty, in all honesty, I, um, I, I, I hope, I honestly hope USC gets this turned around baseball wise. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I'm watching the College World Series now, and it would be great to see the Trojans in it for, for what, when the last time they were in the, in the College World Series. The last time USC was in the College World Series? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to say 2002? Let's see. 2001. Oh my god. So even last long, time they... Last time that was the last. That was the last appearance, right? Yeah, their last. They were runner up in 1995, and then let's see. Nine. They won it 1998. Yeah. They won 1998. Their last NCAA championship was in 1998, and their last appearance was 2001. Their last NCAA tournament appearance was 2015. Their last conference championship was 2002. So you can see USC took a steep drop. It did. USC baseball took a steep drop. So there's that. There's a lot they got to fix. There's a lot that has to get fixed. But um, other than that, is there anything else you want to touch on real quick before we before we call it a day? No, I think that's about it. That's about it, everyone. Um, be sure to to follow us. You can follow us on on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can follow me on um, on Twitter as well at Matt A Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Um, also, you can listen to us on the Megaphone. Or you can listen to us on Megaphone as well. That is at um, Conquest Chronicles Podcast. Be sure to listen to us. Rate us. Let us know how you feel. If you think we sucked, let us know. If you think we did good, if you think there's something we can do better at, let us know. We We always appreciate the input. So, please let us know. At least that lets us know you're listening. <laughs> but uh, until then, until next week, fight on, everyone. Fight on.